Blindness cuts us off from our things, but deafness cuts us off from people. What do you think would be worse, to be deaf or to be blind? Now, don't get me wrong, both don't sound like fun conditions, but if you had to choose between being deaf or blind, what would you choose? Well, somebody who was once born both deaf and blind said, blindness cuts us off from our things, but deafness cuts us off from people. The person who said that was Helen Keller, someone who was also blind and deaf, and she said, being blind is tough, it's really hard, it cuts you off from your things, but being deaf is so much worse because it cuts you off from people. Imagine what it would be like to be deaf. Imagine what it would be like to never be able to hear ever again. To never be able to have a conversation with a loved one. To never be able to hear your child say mommy or daddy ever again. Imagine what it would be like to have your newborn on your lap and never be able to hear the giggling of your grandchild. Imagine what it would be like not to have a conversation. Imagine what it would be like to not be able to work because you could no longer communicate with your coworkers. Imagine what it would be like to never attend another concert or to be able to have your mood perked up by your favorite song in the, card, in the car. Imagine what it would be like to not be able to work, to not be able to afford your house or your apartment because you could no longer work. Imagine having to rely on everyone else for just about everything, for your food, your water, your money, for your overall care. Imagine what it would be like to be deaf. Now, I might, I might have painted that a little bit extreme for people who are deaf today because there have been some crazy medical advances. There are hearing aids and sign language if you want to be able to communicate. There are iPad apps that help you communicate with the out, outside world. There are cochlear implants that can help people get their hearing back and some that, be, that were born deaf and that they could now hear. There's government programs to help you with your rent if you can't afford it because you're deaf. But... What about back in Jesus' day? Back in Jesus' day, all those things didn't exist yet. There wasn't sign language, there weren't iPad apps, there weren't government-funded programs that help out people who are deaf. If you're deaf, your life would consist of sitting on a mat and begging, asking people for help, asking people for money. That's the type of man who Jesus is going to come in contact with today. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. So Jesus was traveling through many different cities, and he came to one city called the Decapolis. It's this region of cities, and a large crowd found him, and they must have known that something was special about him. So they found this man that they knew was deaf. He couldn't hear, and he was also a mute. He couldn't talk, and they brought him to Jesus. And they wanted Jesus to physically place their, his hands on this person. Because apparently at that time, there was this superstition where if you wanted someone to be healed, you had to physically touch them. But Jesus had a different solution to healing this man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd... Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephetha, which means be opened. 
Throughout the Gospels, Jesus has a way of personalizing his miracles for people. For example, there was one man, uh, his name was Jairus, and his daughter got sick to the point of death. And Jesus went over to that man's house, and the daughter died, and he came to her and said, Little girl, I tell you, get up. And she was raised from the dead. But there's another man who came to Jesus, and he said that his servant was so sick, so sick to the point of death, and Jesus just said to him, your servant's healed now. He didn't go over to his house, he didn't touch him, but he was just healed, just like that. Two different ways of dealing with the same situation. And there was another time when Jesus went to raise Lazarus from, his, from the dead, one of his close friends, Lazarus, who had died. And before he got there, uh, Lazarus's two sisters came to Jesus. And the first sister came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if only you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus noticed her tone and her heart, and he rebuked her. But then the other sister came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if only you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus wept with her. He knew her heart and knew that she needed comfort. So you have these two different sisters with the same situation, and Jesus knew how to deal with both of them. And now I think we see just as clearly as someone is knowing how to personalize his care, as in this miracle. Jesus sees this deaf man, and it's hard to know what the deaf man knew what was going on. He must have seen the excitement on the crowd's faces and being dragged around to Jesus. He must have known that something was going to happen. But the first thing that Jesus did was he took this deaf man, and he pulled him aside, away from the crowd. And then he used simple sign language, simple sign language that this man would be able to understand. He touched his ear, and then Jesus spit on the ground, and then he touched the man's tongue, using simple sign language showing, hey, I know that these parts of you are broken, but I'm going to fix them. And then Jesus sighed. Jesus sighed because he knew all the pain that this man must have been going through. He knew the loneliness that he must have faced his whole life, not being able to have a real relationship or a real job. Jesus took on all that pain. And he looked up at the skies and said, Ephetha, meaning be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Just like that, Jesus healed this man. He was now healed. He didn't have a speech impediment anymore. He could speak plainly. It's not like he had to go to a speech therapist to learn how to talk. He wasn't like a child that was learning English for the very first time. No, his ears were working just fine, and he was able to speak clearly, and this man must have been excited. And the crowd was excited well to see something so crazy. They knew this man. They knew that he was, that he was deaf and a mute, and Jesus healed him, and they were excited. But Jesus had to tell them something interesting. He said, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. He told them not to tell anyone about this, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And I think that's the most confusing part of this story. Jesus did this amazing miracle, miracle, and the crowd was excited, as I'm sure you would be too. But Jesus tells them not to tell this to anyone else. That's a bit confusing. This wasn't the only time that Jesus did this where he performed a miracle and told them not to say anything. But I wonder why he did this. Well, the answer I heard often growing up was that it's not Jesus' time yet. 
that's the answer I often heard, that Jesus knew that if he got more and more popular, uh, then his enemies wouldn't like that, and they would put him to death early, and he wasn't ready to die yet, so it wasn't Jesus' time yet, so he told him not to say anything. And maybe that was true. But I think there's a little bit of a flaw in that logic, because Jesus was now in Gentile land. His Jewish enemies wouldn't have been there with him. If the Gentiles were excited about him, that's fine. I don't think there was going to be a riot that would have tried to get Jesus put to death right then and there. So, why did Jesus not tell them, or tell them not to say this to anyone? Well, I almost wonder if it's because Jesus was concerned about his reputation. Jesus was a miracle worker. He healed so many people. But I wonder if Jesus didn't want to be known as just a miracle worker. Because even though this man's ears didn't work and they were healed, eventually his ears would stop working again. Eventually, because this man had sin in his heart, he would die and his ears would be closed up once again. And Jesus had to fix that problem. But by Jesus just temporarily fixing people's earthly problems here and there, It was like Jesus was giving morphine to the world. It made people feel good for a little bit, but it wasn't actually fixing the real problem. And Jesus wanted to come to this world and fix the real problem. He wanted to fix the problem of why there is deafness in this world, why there are speech impediments and birth defects. He wanted to fix the problem of sin in your heart and why you have apathy towards the needy and have other types of problems and aches and pain in your life. Jesus came here to fix that problem. And he did that by becoming deaf and mute for us. When Jesus was arrested, there were many Roman soldiers who taunted him and threw every insult at them that he knew. But Jesus became mute and kept his mouth shut. There was another time when Pontius Pilate gave Jesus a chance to beg on his knees and to help him avoid crucifixion. But Jesus became mute and kept his mouth shut for us and was nailed to the cross. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross, Jesus became deaf to God's voice. There was one time in Jesus' ministry when the skies opened up and God the Father said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. But on the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus heard no answer. Jesus became deaf to God's voice for us. Jesus, could be, Jesus became deaf so that one day you and I can hear the angelic choir. Jesus became mute for us so that one day our lips would be open to sing praises to God eternally. And knowing that Jesus did that, knowing that Jesus healed deafness for good, that will change the way that we live. That will change the way how we see things, knowing that one day, even though there are problems in this world right now, they eventually will all come to an end. That will lead us to praise Jesus for what he has done for us. And when I looked at this story this last week, there are really three practical life applications I thought of that I'm going to share with you. So from this story, the first one I want to share with you is that it leads us to have compassion on the deaf and the disabled. As Christians, we need to be the leaders in showing compassion in this world. Whether that is to somebody who is deaf or has a speech impediment or some other type of special need, 
we need to be the leaders in showing compassion, just as Jesus did. And there are several ways for us to be able to do this. Did you know that our church body has a special ministry for the deaf and hard of hearing? Uh, I put a link to them in your bulletin if you ever want to check out their website a little bit more. Because they have a big uh, ministry ahead of them. Because I learned from their website that there are 66 million Americans that are either deaf or have some form of hearing loss. 66 million Americans. And out of those people, 85% of them do not come to church because they can't hear. They're afraid they won't be able to understand what's going on. So we can help out this ministry by praying for them or helping them out financially because they certainly have an important role in this world. But there's other ways we can have compassion on these people as well. I know that there are some people in this room who God has called to have compassion on needy people. Whether it is a spouse in a wheelchair or with some other medical condition, whether it is your child with some form of special needs, or as a teacher with some student with some learning disability, Jesus has called us to have compassion on those who need it. And I know, at times, this can be a very difficult thing, and it requires so much patience, but I pray that God give you the strength to do this. Because as you do this, you get to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus, showing compassion to those who need it. I know this can be tough. Uh, there's this woman that I visit, a shut-in, who is very hard hearing loss. And it can be awkward. I feel like I have to shout the Lord's Prayer to her to hear it. And sometimes other people look over at it and it can be kind of embarrassing. But Jesus calls us to do this. Jesus calls us to have compassion on those who need it. That's point number one. Point number two. Trust that Jesus' victory will eventually end all suffering. Maybe you're the one that has some type of need or disability. Maybe you're the one that has some type of physical pain that keeps you up at night that you would love for God to take away from you. Maybe you have some type of heartache that won't seem to go away or some type of mental illness that you wish was gone. All of us face some type of suffering in this world. And it would be great if it would be removed but I encourage you to hang in there because Jesus tells that because of his victory, he will eventually end all suffering. One day we will be in heaven where all of our problems will be gone. And then point number three, enjoy your hearing and speaking. If you are able-bodied, if you have ears that work and a mouth that speaks, God has blessed you in an amazing way. So, my encouragement to you is to enjoy that blessing. Maybe you've never seen God perform some type of visible miracle in your life, but if you have ears that work and a mouth that works, God has given you a gift showing that he loves and cares for you. So enjoy those gifts. My encouragement for you today is to go home today, find your favorite song, and listen to it as loud as you can. Enjoy it. Play it so loud, but not loud enough to damage your earbuds. Just enjoy this gift of hearing. Enjoy the gift of hearing. Uh, As we sing the next couple songs in this worship service, take a moment to truly listen. Hear the voices of your brothers and sisters of Christ as they surround you with their gift of music. And then belt out the words. Use your gift of voice to sing praises to God the Father. Use your gift of speaking to encourage your family members or your loved ones. Use your gift of speaking to share God's word with other people. 
Enjoy these gifts. Enjoy the gift of hearing and speaking because these are gifts that God has given to you to show that he loves you and cares for you. And I'd love to leave you off with one final thought this morning. And it comes from a YouTube video that I watched. Maybe you've seen it before too, but there are these YouTube videos out there of all types of people that were born or were deaf that had some type of medical surgery and now they're able to hear. And the video is showing somebody being able to hear for the first time after being deaf their whole life. And there's this one video that I really liked. It was a mother holding her baby and this baby got hearing aids for the very first time. And the mother was so excited and the doctor said, okay, you can now talk to your baby for the first time. And she looks over and says, hi baby, hi baby. And the baby begins to smile. And it's such an emotional experience. The mother begins to cry. And I'm looking around the room wondering who started cutting onions because I get some tears in my eyes here too. And it's just, it's just a beautiful experience of being able to see a child who never heard before being able to hear for the first time. And that's an emotional experience. But here's a question I want to leave you with today. If it's an emotional experience to be able to hear for the first time, how much more emotional will you be when you get to hear with your very own ears your Father in Heaven call you by name for the first time? Amen. Please stand.